Kia ora Aotearoa and welcome to Generally Famous Stuff Podcast. I'm Simon Bridges and every week I talk to a generally famous but always interesting guest about life, love and what makes them tick. Today, a guy who's had over 400 V8 supercar race starts, had multiple Bathurst 1000 wins and is quite simply one of our motorsport greats. Welcome to Generally Famous, Greg Murphy. Thank you, Simon. Absolute pleasure to be here. Hey, um, it's just we were talking before, so you are... Basically now living in the Hawke's Bay? Yep, yep. I mean, I was originally from Hawke's Bay, uh, left there back in the 90s whenever it was and ended up in Australia and and uh, packed up shop from there with the family. Um, yep. well, my kids, my, uh, my wife is, uh, was, is from Wellington. Yep. Uh, three kids born in Australia and then we packed up shop and moved back to New Zealand basically Christmas 2013, been back uh, ever since. Do you, do you miss, I mean, do you, do you still get to Aussie regularly? Or? I don't miss Australia, if that's no. what you're going to ask. Good. Um, oh, I don't miss it. Uh, uh, it, 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 I mean, listen. just because I thought wondered because you know the the sort of places, the bigger cities. Yeah, and that's they... exactly it. I mean, I, uh, Melbourne. Just I, you know, over the period I was there from basically ninety into ninety six yeah. all the way through to into two thousand and thirteen. Just the size, the growth of that place was just uh, yes, incredible. It really was amazing to watch, and 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 it's just too big, too big for me. Um, I like visiting. I like going back and visiting, but um, it's uh, I don't miss not living there. That's for sure. It's a it's it's a massive place. It's got its pros and cons, just like New Zealand does. And and, and you know, post COVID back here, your um, uh, we were just talking before. I mean, you, you've got Sky Speed, which is a weekly endeavour. You, you know, you, you, you're doing sort of every week, and I presume that's in Auckland. So you're getting up here a bit. You come up on Monday mornings yep. or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's just one part. I mean, I've been doing it for 10 years. Stephen McGyver and I have been yep. actually hammering away. Sky Speed has been awesome, actually. It's been a really enjoyable um, a part of, uh, a, you know, 40 weeks a year that we, we shoot that show. Um, so that's been one thing, and that was a, a, an integral part of it. And it's across motorsports. Yeah. Pretty much all all motorsports that Sky follow, and also Kiwis. We you know we talk a lot about Kiwi uh, races that are doing things around the world in, in motorsport. Uh, we talk cars, we talk uh, anything to do with uh, going fast in engines, basically, which is great. But that's and that's just one part of of basically my week, how it's broken up into into different pieces. And I could to come to that, but I mean just on that. Um and we're talking about this, it was, you know, it's just very different, right? But, um, you know, politics, sports, these things that you sort of do intensely and then you get out. I mean, do you still love it, being there on TV, talking about the, you know, the, the motors and the, you know, what sort of car they're driving and their style and whether they're going probably 50,000. I mean, are you still really into it or is it, or do you have to work at it or what's the, how do you, how do you find it? Uh, I think I'll always love it. I think... Um you become a little bit cynical, I suppose, about certain parts of it. Um, and I, I, I like having the op- opportunity to be very opinionated about it. Yeah. So, I, you know, and that's that's what that's what is um, you know is, is enjoyable about being able to be in a in a position that I am these days with it, with really no huge real links to uh, to a, a team or a or a, um, a sport, the sport in the way that I used to have, and you know where you got to toe the line a little bit more. So I like I like being able to actually speak out and, and have my opinions but, about but it. But does that? I mean, the, the issue with politics and doing that is it comes back on you, right? As you then get a <laughs> yeah. call from your ex colleague <laughs> saying you're a yeah. Burke, mate. Why yeah. are you why are you yeah. saying this about blah blah blah? Yeah. I mean, does is there come back on you because it, it it's a it's not an insignificant, but it's not a big community in New Zealand. You probably all know each other at a level. And sure. You're calling out, I saw one, was it Shane? Um, I always get his name wrong. Gizm- Gisbergen. Van Gisbergen, yeah. You're yeah. having a bit of a crack at yep. him. I mean, yep. does anyone say, oh, mate, come on, 
He's one of us. What are you doing there for? No, I, listen. Uh, opinion's good. You know, I, I think um, I sort of I've learned that a lot. You know, I, I do not begrudge people having their opinions. I I think there's a there's a limit on when it becomes you know um, at a obviously through social media these days we see a lot of uh, abusive kind of anonymous crap. Yeah, yeah. anonymous. Um, but I, I love a, a good opinionated battle and and. Um, you know, when when I made some comments about Shane, they were they were my thoughts and my 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 opinions on that. And there's people that don't agree, and that's fine. That's great. And I've had a few people come up and say things to me too about it. And I'm like, hey, you you are completely entitled to what you think. Yeah. I'm basing it on what I see and and my experience from from the sport. I you know, the thing is, I have. Uh, a huge admiration, and I'm a literally, I am a fan of of uh, Shane and a lot of the Kiwi guys doing what they're doing around the world these days. Um, I, I just think it's fantastic. It makes me feel good, you know, seeing them do what they do. Um, but I made an opinion just about Shane because I thought that, um, you know, it was uh, he was he's sort of been a little bit out of line. But I, I sort of understand what he's what he's going through. But um, you know, I, I I felt the need to um, to call him out on some stuff. We've we've spoke. Hey, and he's great because he, you know. We talk about it. We um, actually, you know, we, we still communicate. We were talking on the phone the other day and we'll see each other this weekend. And, and he gets it he's, and he's, he's fine and he understands it. It doesn't mean that we don't, we don't um, uh, like each what other. Was it, about, was it about him being laid to resting on his laurels or something? Yeah, no, it was, it was just, you know, he's been caught up in a, in a situation and it started early in the year just around this, this new Gen 3 supercar that um, everyone's driving and, you know, and he, and he had some validity to some of the reasons why he was a bit shitty about it. But um, uh, at the end of the day, it's sort of gone on a little bit too far and, and I think it, um, it's sort of shown in some of his performances, which it shouldn't have. And, and um, uh, that's just... And say, that's your role as a commentator. Yeah, well, that's my role as of I suppose having been around the sport for a long time, I think I've got some rights to be able to have a, have a yeah. call on it. But as I say, I I, I bring on good uh, constructive opinion and and other people's thoughts on it. It's um that's all part of it, and that's and I think that's a great part of the discussion around you know uh, sport and and um, and lots of other things. But in my case, sport, um, you know, when people want to actually have a constructive uh, discussion um, with different different sides. That's great. But you two are still talking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you and him being co-drivers? No, we haven't. Um, haven't uh, driven together. Um, we're a little bit out of sync, a little bit with yeah, our careers. Right. But um, I certainly uh, wish I wish I'd been half the driver that he he is. That's for sure. Oh, it's a great comment by you. I didn't mean to get quite this no, no, deep no. so quickly, no, 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 but, no, sure. it, but actually, <laughs> I mean, just, something you said made me think that I should ask you this. I mean. Standing back, you know, cynicism or and, and, and being opinionated around the, what is there to be cynical about? What are the, the, the things around sure. motorsport, generally speaking, that's worth having a big opinion on? Yeah, listen, I, there's there's a lot of things often, and and it comes, a lot of the things do come from um, from leadership. Uh, the sport at the moment is going through a, a, a challenging period. Um, you know, I've got uh, uh, plenty of history with the game and plenty of knowledge and and you know you don't necessarily agree with things and you see also the same thing groundhog day with stuff and mistakes and errors that are made and and failures of of certain things to do certainly when i'm focused on motorsport you know uh, things that we've done repeatedly that we know don't work and yet here we are again going through it so the the going through gen 3 this new car we've we've gone and you know, made the same mistakes we made with the last car. When I say we, I didn't have anything to do with it, but I'm sort of using that as a overall kind of term, I suppose, because I'm a, I'm involved in the sport. Um, 
but you know we've we've made the same mistakes again, which has cost huge amounts of money that has basically just been torn up and thrown into the bin. I mean, you, you might as well just put it, light it on fire and use it for heating. And we've just we've just destroyed so much money unnecessarily because we haven't implemented learnings from from you know from decades of of doing the same thing. And that frustrates the hell out of me. And again, that just comes from the top. That comes from certain people that have got their agendas and and egos. And uh, you know, it causes causes grief and it causes unnecessary wastage. And I am a I hate wastage. And for the for the uninitiated amongst us, including me, it's a bit like the All Blacks or you know, 50 other things. I sort of follow it, but I, you know, sure. there's a lot more and more I don't know that I do, do know. Yeah. What's this Gen 3? What's Is that a touring car? Yeah, so it's the, it's the latest. The specifications, is yes, it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, effectively. And it's the latest incarnation of what a supercar is. So we've gone through, you know, um, uh, the last, uh, let's say, from when the the previous generation car that this one's taken on from that came in in 2013. So if we say pre-2013 um, till now, we've had three incarnations of different configuration and, and design rules around the cars. Um, and the last two effectively have been massive blowouts in cost, um, totally unnecessary um, cost because what the specifications are unrealistic yeah, or something. Oh, or just because too of the, high. The, yeah, the process that they've gone through um, has has not been good enough in developing the the actual what the car is, and so the the time it's taken, and then the failures and the mistakes that have been done along the way. And again, it's about that. It's it's a little bit of the we know you know uh, we don't want someone else to tell us how to do it, and you know we don't want to we want it to make it ours. We know better than the rest of the world, for example. And if I use an example, I think what um, what's going on in the US at the moment um, with NASCAR. NASCAR went through a process of doing the same thing. They they went through a big shift in their philosophy around what their car is, and they built a car that they're running now, which we could have just implemented in Australia yeah, with a few yeah, changes totally. and used their IP and joined forces more so with America, which is Ford, GM and Toyota over there in NASCAR. We're Ford and GM in supercars. Uh, personally, I think we could have just utilised their their effort and the money they'd spent in developing their new product and just utilised a very close form of that in, in Australia for supercars rather than spending millions and millions of dollars to achieve something that's been actually problematic. Yeah, we 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 are a small country, and we shouldn't reinvent the wheel. You, I, I, I want to talk Bathurst, but a, a couple of things flow from what you're saying, and I, I want to come back to this also. But the NASCAR thing, I, I, again, for the uninitiated, is your style of racing, the Bathurst style, yep. and the, those V8s, is NASCAR really the same thing? Well, but the, in an American terms, have the, I? Yeah, yeah, effectively it is. Yeah, so um, uh, I, I see it that way. NASCAR is a, um, you know, obviously the might of America. They've got volume over there and they've got yep. numbers so they have a much longer season they do uh, 36 meetings a year we do 12 to 13 so they're racing effectively nearly from when they start to they finish they, they only have a couple of short breaks in between otherwise they're wait, racing every week so that's a big difference um, but the but the philosophy around the car now that they've got in 2023 which came in in 2022 is is much more similar to what our philosophy is so um, they've 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 really streamlined their rules uh, massively, and I think it would have fitted really, really well if we'd actually just worked together in Australia with supercar rules and NASCAR rules. So NASCARs do race a lot on ovals, of course. They um they do a lot of uh, circular tracks. And a is lot that of oval a bit racing. boring? Uh, well, it depends what you've got, what you what you're used to. I think probably for New Zealanders and Australians, it can be a little bit. 
because um, we we haven't well, this grown is up with Scotty it. Scotty Dixon one, right? I mean, no, Scotty's he's an IndyCar. IndyCar that's They're quite IndyCar. different again. Yeah. So Shane Van Gisbergen is going. Showing my you are, there. but that's okay <laughs> um, because again, if you're not a fan, then you. you, you I really I'm not on that you. US stuff. Yeah. I haven't really. So um, Shane Van Gisbergen's going to America next year, um, and he's going to immerse himself in that whole NASCAR world right. because he's really keen to have a crack at and that. And then IndyCar things as single seater, it. single seater race cars. So um, you know the NASCAR is based. Uh, the model is based on a on a platform which is you know a silhouette of a road car so the Mustang uh, the Camaro and also Toyota have a car in there as well right um, and whereas IndyCar is which Scott Dixon Scott McLaughlin and some other Kiwis are in there as well is the single seater formula over there which is quite different yeah is the the American thing big money yeah yeah like in comparison to Australasia Massive. yeah yeah and um, like set you up pay off your mortgage all that kind of carry on more, plus much more than that yeah. and and um is is this now a rich man's sport? I mean, what was your? Is it, I presume, not knowing your story perfectly, but I presume you didn't come from money. You're able to, you know, start with the carts and all yep. of that, and get a bit of luck, and maybe a little bit of sponsorship, and yep. work your way into being a legend of the, in the sport. Um, I, like so many things, I presume it's just quite a lot harder now. Yeah, it. it yeah. Hundred percent right. I mean, when I when I first kicked off and got in, like I went, I got into car racing through a scholarship. But um, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't so mainstream, you know, back then. Now, motorsports become very mainstream, but it's also become quite fashionable, you know, for yes. uh, families and for you know for dads that have watched motor racing but for so a that's long. The drive to survive phenom- phenomenon. A little bit, yeah. Drive to or survive. You- uh, drive to survive around Formula One was um, was a uh, was such an intrinsic. Um, change for Formula One to put it on the map even bigger than what it was, and and certainly there's there's a there's some very wealthy people, individuals involved in Formula One that have you know paying for their sons to go through that whole that whole space. The best, the best of the best, the the X factor, um, do still have an opportunity by getting if they create some chances to prove how good they are. Although they actually have to be better than. You've got to be better than average. Yeah, yeah, but even better than, you know. I mean, better than good. I just remember talking with Liam Lawson and one of the things yep. that. Well, he's X Factor. X Factor, but even mm. for him, right, he's got this disadvantage. Yes. I think he seemed to be saying between the lines, and he comes from New Zealand. Yep. You know, so he's not bringing a big market, whereas if he was That's from right. Texas yep. or something, they'd be, you know, it, it, all things being equal, they're going to take the kid from Texas. And I think that he that, comes with a 50 million person market. That's correct. Let's talk Bathurst. Be fair to say, wouldn't it, winning that, um, what, four times, that's 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 still what you you know, people associate you with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and firstly, again, for the uninitiated, I'm not going to say that again, but What's Bathurst? Run us through it. it, it it's the pinnacle of our sport in Australasia. Yep. Um, you know, that's that's our, as it gets explained probably or utilised too much, you know, it's it's our it's our grand final, you know, it's our World Cup every year basically. You know, to, it's a race that's been put on the map through, you know, amazing, amazing storytelling, um, icons, you know, such Sorry, as... Since the 60s? Yep, since the 60s. Um, icons like Peter Brock... Um, the Alan Moffats of the world, you yep. know, all these guys that um, that were just heroes to many, um, um, and the the evolution of of touring cars in, in Australia, you know, basically the success of it was built around, um, you know, the, the Bathurst One Thousand. Um, it is iconic, isn't it? I think about that, you know, um, me as a kid, my father. Yep. 
I think it was must have been Sunday afternoons, was it? it was sort of yep. motorsport on yep. TVNZ, and we only had two or three channels. And so, what else are you going to watch? We just sit down and we watch them. Was well, it, it was around? about the only was thing legendary. you saw live yeah. on on television to do with motor racing yeah. every year, every, almost every year. Yeah. Probably was 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 that effectively was and it's Bathurst, a, a thousand kilometres. Yep. Mount Panorama Circuit in Bathurst, mm. obviously New South Wales, and and the st- style of racing. What are we talking? Well, well, it's always just been touring cars, you know. That have been. And what's so, that mean? I mean, I've, I think yeah, I know, but sure. You- so you know, um, basically from back in the day, I mean, it was it was uh, first of all, you know, back in the sixties and the seventies, they drove the cars from the dealerships, they bought them or whatever, and drove them to the track and they yep. raced them and then they basically drove them back again, hopefully, if they weren't destroyed. Um, so, you know... <laughs> tyres probably needed yeah. changing. But. Oh, completely. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, we, you know the, some of the iconic stuff is, you know, back in the early 70s is the, the phase, you know, phase um, three... Um, uh, Falcon, right? GDHO Phase Three Falcons and the likes. You know they were four thousand seven hundred dollars. They were they were built specifically by Ford, designed to go um, to race in, in touring car racing, and and they were special special homologated cars. And you had to go through a homologation process for a lot of the vehicles that were able to race there. Uh, over the years, it's very different now. Um, but you used to have to have a, a vehicle that was, you know, basically the factory, the manufacturer homologated that car so it could What's be... What's homologate mean? Oh, go through word. a process. They had to make a certain amount of vehicles and right, they were... Right, for it to be legit for the race. That's right. All right, that kind, right, so, right. So, they weren't, so they weren't special one-off kind of cars. So they had to be based off a, off a factory-made um, original manufactured sort of vehicle and, uh, and build a certain amount of them so that they were available, readily available for people to be able to purchase and then go and use for racing, um, the, the factories, you know, built them so that they could be raced, but they had to, to obviously control costs to build a certain amount of them to make was sure this, they were available. Was this specific to Bathurst, or is this no, no, what this you was saw t- across sort of that this touring was, yeah, car genre around the world? Um, what are some other great touring car races? Uh, races or cars? Um, ra- race. I mean, well, I'm thinking. Yeah, so yeah. we we had a over the years. Um, we went through a period of of there was a, a formula called Group A, which which happened uh, in the late 80s through the 90s, and Group A was really a, f- a worldwide formula. So we had a whole mix of very different vehicles from um, BMW M3s, we had uh, uh, Cosworth Sierras, Ford uh, yes, RS Sierra yes. Cosworths, which were very famous and amazing yes. race cars. Um, there were a couple of cars. What else did we have? Then the Commodore was was homologated in yep. Australia. Um, Oh my goodness! I should be I should be able to reel off a whole lot more. No, than no, that, but, but that's uh, an example. And on the cars, I mean, uh, you know, my Rovers, growing up, and we were a Jaguars. Com- we were a Commodore family. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think we could afford one, so we yeah. went from Kingswood to a Camara. There you go, Camara. <laughs> so we had a Camara. Yeah. We had Olden Camara. Okay, not a quite the Commodore. That's a poor man's Commodore. I know. Sure. Well, yeah. that was us. Don't worry, we had one of those. But too. it was new. You yeah. know, I think my dad saved up, and then we <clears> went from the brown <clears> Kingswood that was ended up a taxi in Fiji to a blue Camara, and but. I don't think it had the bench. There. Anyway, why I'm saying it was back in the, you know, it's what am I talking? Eighties, yep. and when you st- you were really in your prime, your nine the nineties, yeah. But it was that that was it was a Falcon v Commodore yeah, world. Yeah, and that's what happened. Was, so Australia went from basically the Group A formula, and then obviously the Nissan um, uh, uh, Skyline R32 came through that period for Gibson Motorsport, which was a fire breathing twin turbo charged thing. I mean, and and effectively probably that was one of the one of the vehicles that actually put a bit of a bloody nail in some. 
in the coffin of Group A because it, right. it got a little bit out of control. Anyway, Australia then diverted away and went down the path of and realised the opportunity, what there was for Commodore and Falcon in the in the early 90s, and then started basically focusing on on those two vehicles as the as the basis for touring car racing in Australia, and 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 it was a huge success because you know Falcon and Commodore were the two largest selling vehicles in Australia for a very long period of time. And New um, Zealand, I would have and New Zealand, that's hundred yeah. um, percent, and that's why the, that synergy we have between the two countries, like we do with a lot of things, but certainly Ford and Holden and the Commodore and Falcon thing was was just a, a massive, massive part of of um, Australasian motorsport and motoring because obviously they were manufacturing as well in Australia. So manufacturing cars, things were going incredibly well through the the nineties, eighties, nineties, and then early, into the early two thousands, and then things started to change and 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 um, you know now we we see what we've got, which is, uh, you know, a shift away from, which there's no Australian manufacturing anymore no. for vehicles, uh, which happened a few years ago. Yes. Um, and we've had to shift into a different different space. So, you know, it, it, the story so is amazing. Now? What do we got now? Uh, uh, Mustangs and Camaros based, yeah, silhouette, right. silhouette based right, um, right, cars. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you were always a Commodore guy? Yeah, I just happened to be that way. Um, I was a I, I was, was a Brock Commodore fan. family, so I'm okay with that. Because yeah. Brocky was Commodore. I was a Brock fan. So at, at that point. And he won the most? Uh, he won nine, one? yeah, nine yeah. Bathurst 1000s. Yep. Um, and you know, it was a one significant moment. 1984 was when I, when I uh, became basically obsessed with obsessed with Brock. Not so much at the time around GM product or Commodore, although the Commodore that he raced in 1984 was um, a group, a, a, you know, Group C. Commodore 1984 Group C Commodore was the designation of the formula, and it, you know um, it was emblazoned uh, by a cigarette company back then. Uh, but it was Dayglo orange and white, and it was the <laughs> toughest looking. That was very. You've done yeah. a bit of media. It's in. A yeah, I stayed away from that. A rookie would have named them. Yeah, but yeah that's I, right. You know, it's, it's, yeah. That's very, I didn't very, start smoking because of the sponsorship. <laughs> I didn't start smoking. I just thought it was the coolest car I'd ever seen. Yes. And from that moment on, I was a Brock fan, and but pretty much, I suppose, a Holden Commodore fan. It's from 1984. I never thought. Do you that, think they? I mean, genuinely, they have a superior car? Or I don't. No, not necessarily. Um, absolutely. I mean, Commodore. I think ended up being. Uh, I'm pretty sure it ended up being a bit more successful as far as sales went. Um, but it was an amazing period to be a part. I know I was very fortunate to be a part of, of, of uh, Group A and supercars and all that kind of stuff. At its absolute heyday. Um, of power between the two, you know, Ford versus Holden, the red versus the blue. It was just a staggering time to be a part of touring car racing in Australia. Yes. Um, so it was it was amazing. But yeah. I never I never thought I was going to be teammates or ever, you know, 1984 when I'm sitting at home in front of the TV watching Would Bathurst, that I'd ever be a part of of it and also racing alongside my my all-time hero, Peter Brock. Yeah, amazing. amazing. And, uh, you know, he was a real legend, is a real legend of the sport. Um Last Commodore question, because I didn't mean to go down this tangent either, but um, I haven't done my research on this, but if I went on Trade Me right now, I mean, these things are selling for phenomenal money, I think, because you can't get them anymore. Yeah. um, If you buy some big souped-up HSV or something, with you you might be paying. But someone was – a mate sent me one about three, four months ago. It was sort of like 400 grand or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, COVID sent things mental. I mean, just people went mad. They're obviously sitting in front of their their (laughs) laptops at home and just – um, what else do you do? I don't know. Buy Commodores. Uh, buy yeah, cars. I mean, yeah. the car thing went nuts. Yeah. Um, where, does, um, where does Bathurst sit? You've said, you know, it's the kind of yep. um, 
race in our part of the world. I mean, does it have a global standing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's very well recognised globally um, as one of the the greatest touring car races. Um, in the world, and it's a race that um, a lot of internationals have come over and participated in over the years, and it, it definitely sits. And the circuit as well sits on, you know, on the radar of of international teams all over the world. Yeah. And and you've won it four times. Other Kiwis, um, we mentioned Shane Van, yeah, he's Gisbergen, three now. Uh, Jim Richards, yep. um can we call it an Australasian race, or is it going too <laughs> well, far? Well, we can because we're sitting here in New Zealand. Yeah, so they wouldn't. <laughs> I I think most Australians wouldn't like to, but I think they're very because we've actually weird. done pretty well. Oh, yeah, you know, well. I, I hate this yeah. saying, but you know, punched above our weight. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. It. I mean, the, the the winners this year, Shane Van Gisburg and Richie Stanaway, two Kiwis. So yes, um, the last time that actually happened was uh, Stephen Richards and I back in '99, where two Kiwis won it together. So it's something to be very proud of. Totally. And um, what does it take to um to drive it, and let alone win it, but win it as well? I mean, what what's what's being competitive on that? What are the attributes you need? Uh, all all the things that you need within a, a sporting environment. It's not it's not just um, attributed to to motorsport. We know we know different to to you know um, what happens uh, on a sports field effectively because you've. I mean, it's different, but it's the same because it comes down to good management, good leadership, yep. um, great. And the word team gets used a lot these days for all yep. sorts of various reasons because it's a it's a trendy word to yes. use, even though people don't actually know what it means. No. Um, so you've you've got to have the right environment with the right people in the right places and the right management. You've got to have smart people. Certainly from our side, it's a mechanical piece of equipment. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong. There's a lot of things that you can tune and change and manipulate and all that kind of stuff. So you've got to be able to get all that right. You've got to be able to have two drivers in a Bathurst environment too that um, that are very good at what they do and very confident and can extract the most out of the machine. Um, people like Shane Van Gisburg and Scott McLaughlin, you know, Jamie Wincups of the world, the Craig Lowndes of the world, you know, the, their exceptional talent stands out. So to, to win, you've got to have a you, – that team's got to have someone like that. You know, you've got to have those people as well, part of that that whole organisational process. Yeah, the team. I mean, clearly in motorsport generally, the teams are important, more important than a lot of sports actually. And so that's I get that. And but I presume personally, if you, the individual in the driving seat, um, it's a there's a, it's be a certain kind of fitness and a real stamina. Yep, very much. Because you go in at this for a thousand kilometres. Yep. So the the it is a stamina. It's a great word for it. Um, they are. They're not necessarily so physical to drive that your muscles get worn out, but they mentally they're incredibly demanding. So being a race car driver at, at an elite level, um, mentally it's it's a it's it's more important than anything else to have great mental stamina. Um, they're very hot in a supercar. You know it gets very warm. The environment is 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 a is a hot environment. So you're dealing with um, the stresses and strains of of that working and doing. Um, a huge amount of workload. Your heart rate is up always. You know, it's always elevated. It's not always peaking, but it's always up. Um, so hydration is really important. There's there's a whole um, list of things that that all come together that you've got to tick all the boxes on. It's not just hey, get in a car and drive fast. And explain the two drivers. Uh, so for Bathurst, the enduro races, there's two drivers, and and um, and that's all the way it's 
oh, it's been for a very long time. Um, so the you know the, the, you share the driving duties between between the two drivers it, throughout the day. And it's obviously not remotely sort of F one speed, but what what are we going? Well, I mean, top speed down Conrod Strait at Bathurst is you know is getting very close to three hundred kilometres nice an hour. Previous, yeah, um, you're going at it. Yeah, so they had nothing like Formula One, but the the demands are very different as well. So you don't have the G force stuff that you have in a Formula One, which is very demanding on the body, but you've you know you've got that that heat and um, other you know, tricky kind of things. And what would you say, you know, that has changed from your day to this day in terms of, um, well, actually anything you like, but I, I would have thought cost. I presume it's, yep. I mean, okay, we've got high inflation at the moment. So, But what are you running a team right now is costing versus, uh, say, when you were? Probably I'm a little bit removed from it as in right now today. I mean, if we take away the cost of building brand new cars, which is, as I said before, way, way, way more than what it should be. Yep. Um, that's got, that's been they failed dismally in that area. Um, you know, you're still probably looking at um, maybe in the vicinity of two and a half to three million a car in Australia yeah, per amazing, car. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, it is. Highlight or highlights for you over the years? I mean, I know you, you beheld the record for fastest lap. It was a you know a moment of Bathurst folklore for what, seven years. Yep. Would that be it, or the other time you say that yeah. was that was that was near perfect. It's probably, um, you know, as far as a weekend as a whole and as far as a moment, um, you know, yeah, I'm probably pretty well known for that one thing at, at Bathurst that year. But, and it's certainly without question, you know, it's a highlight for me. Um, and I'm very proud and feel very fortunate to have uh, a moment like that that's registered the way it has. And, and it's probably stood, I suppose, the test of time a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, so I feel fortunate to have had something like that. But, you know, racing here in New Zealand uh, is far, part of the Supercar Championship and winning um, races here in front of a home crowd at Pukekohe, um, you know, back in the early 2000s. Um, I had a bit of a period there, purple patch of sort of hard to be – or not hard to be beaten, but I, I, I won a lot of races in, at Pukekohe in front of a home crowd. And, and I've mm. got to say that, you know, that, that rates right up there – um, as far as the feeling and um, as, as a sports person success was, you know, doing that in front of a home crowd, and, you know, in a, it's pretty much an Australian domestic Pocco championship. has changed, uh, gone well, It's now. gone, effectively. Yeah. I was there on the last day, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. It makes me sound like more of a fan on these things than I am, but just well having to see and went along, and it's very, it's very, you know, it was a great day, but it's very sad. Yeah. Um, uh, and I want to come back to the state of racing in New Zealand, but a, what about a low light for you? Is it a moment where you oh. crashed out or oh, yeah. you know, couldn't get the funding? Or Unfortunately, more low lights than probably highlights, but that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the norm for most drivers, yes. albeit I, I should put that into context. I, I've also had more more success than a lot of drivers have had too. Um, so so I feel fortunate, but there's heaps of low lights. I think maybe losing losing power in the, as in when I say power, your your, your place in the, the racing community. So, you know, I was a part of supercars for a long time, but, you know, it got to a point where I made some decisions that put me in a position where I, I didn't have the strength I had um, as a driver and as a commodity. The negotiating to yeah. b b bargaining power. That's right. So, I mean, you are just a commodity you, you, you are, as a driver because there's always new ones coming along. And so there was a period where I had pretty good strength in the in the, in the the in the motorsport space and landscape, and then, and then when you start to realise that it's going, and then you lose that power where you aren't wanted anymore, is, yeah. is a is a Very pretty challenging answer. time. Yeah, and it's. Would you feel like if you'd done it slightly differently, you would have kept that longer? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. There's no question that I've made better some. Sorry, made different decisions, 
but you make decisions based on the information you got at the time and what you what you've yeah. planned and, and I and I I don't take away from that and I certainly don't have regrets. I mean, I ended up, you know, walking away from a full time walking away from the full time side of things, um, disappointed because it disappointed that I didn't didn't finish on a higher note. Um, but also thankful because um, it uh, everything I'd done in the sport and the time that I'd spent in New Zealand while I had that power in the sport, you know, has given me the chance to be what I am today, and um, you know, it allows me to do the things I'm doing today, and which I which I really enjoy and I love. I love what I do. But these do you days. sit there with regrets? No, or? not right. No, I don't. Yeah, it's no. No, it's, it's, I could it's have a, plenty, but there yeah. was the point. What's yeah. the point? Hey, Chris. Yes. Do you want another very broad question? I've got a very broad question today. Go on, then. What do you know about sports? Up the wires, go the Black Caps, and don't forget Premier League football. Oh, you do love a bit of Premier League footage, do. don't you? What team is it that you support again? Oh, the current champions, Manchester City. I think they're pronounced Arsenal. It's pronounced Arsenal. Uh, but you know what's good about football? Yeah, what? They don't regulate soccer. I'm sorry? There's a sport that regulates sock height? Indeed there is, and it's cycling. That's very strange. Why on earth do they regulate it? Well, I know, but if you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the Big Stuff Quiz, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, that's a cliffhanger indeed. The Big Stuff Quiz is brought to you by Melbourne Every Bit Different. Does it seem like a better sport today than it was, or just different? Or? I th- you know, there's, there's, that's a hard question because I think there's, there's certainly some better things. I think, unfortunately, um, with the PC world that we have to live in these days, it, it's taken away some excitement from controversies and from uh, personal battles and, and you know, um, personalities aren't as much as aren't as good as what maybe they used to be. Um, you know, there's some, some, you know, definitely a whole lot of stuff back in the day, Scaife and Ingle for once, Mark Scaife and Russell Ingle, their battle, their actual personal dislike for each other was, was an amazing part of the sport. Um, I had a, a, a strong, uh, you know, mental personal battle with Marcus Ambrose for a little while as well, which is well documented, and there's some plenty good YouTube stuff on that as well. So I think we're missing a lot of that. We don't have that anymore, and everyone toes the line a little bit too much. And you know, not saying you know we're everything's fabricated pretty yes. much in what we say, and it's boring. Yes. Yeah, um, but totally. that's not just motorsport; that's every sport. Well, that's you know, it's the same. It's everything. It's actually. so cliche. It's politics. All yeah. these things. I feel like um, mm. we, we've got to this point in time where no one's allowed to grow. You're not allowed. We all have to yeah. be nicer. Actually, yeah. they make the world go round. They make things more interesting. They do make things in more interesting. People are so caught up in, on actually. Oh, you can't say that, and, you, and then yeah, and then yeah. someone, you can't say that, but someone's allowed to actually throw hate at you for saying that. But it's like, hold on, isn't that the same thing? Exactly. I mean, it's just ridiculous. No, really. no, yeah. Everyone's um, way too precious these days. Yeah, no, I, way I, too precious. I agree. I, but you know, we will probably be cancelled for this little chat. Yeah. So we, um, <laughs> yes, well, I know the answer because you're not. Fun, you're fundamentally, you're not still racing. You're not yeah. out there every. Yeah. No. Um, but your two oldest, your two sons are. Yeah, yeah. Um, Run me through that. Uh, Ronan's uh, living in Melbourne at the moment. He's been racing in a championship um, 
in Australia this year, the uh, Porsche Michelin Sprint Championship, which is a, a six-round um, sort of stepping stone formula. And, you know, when I say stepping stone, they're still racing bloody expensive Porsches. Um, so he's been doing that this season. Uh, he's racing this weekend, actually, in, uh, down in So he uh, must be Ireland. good to be able to do that? Uh, yeah, listen, he's working very hard. Again, it's finding money. I mean, any, anyone can do it. This is the thing. Anyone can if do the it. funding is there. If you can pay for it. So yeah. it's not like, um, you know, you're necessarily special because you're racing. It's because you've managed to, to put, uh, put the funding together because at the end of the day, someone, someone has to pay. There's no, there's no free rides no. in any of this uh, unless no. your dad's super wealthy and you don't have to do anything for it. Yeah. So, and unfortunately, he's not um, blessed with that. that I'm making him, making him work, work for it. But you did give him, you have presumably given him something, yeah, which sure. is your abilities and your, you, you've taught him. Well, I've, I've probably taught him. He probably doesn't want to hear a lot of the things I try to teach him um, right. because I'm a little bit too black and white and a little bit raw. Um, I'm not – I don't um, – there's no patting on the back and, oh, she'll be right, mate. No, you know, good job when you're not doing a good job. Um, you, you know, you get a good job when you're doing a good job, but if you're not doing a good job, well, then – So are you a good teacher? Or no, I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah. he not will patient tell you, enough with your oh, son? I'm not patient at all, no. And your other boy's racing as well. Yeah, uh, Cormac, to. he's just um, – he's about to kick off um, the local Toyota 86 Championship here in New Zealand uh, coming up very shortly. Yeah. We've um, fixated a bit on Bathurst, and but but we talked a little bit about the other um, some of the other sort of codes with the motorsport as well. But um, there's been other great racing in your career. I mean, in that, talk to me a bit around some of that, and yeah, what else has been going on? Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've been quite fortunate over the years to you know sample and do you know other things. I mean, I I, I got I got you know, locked in and rightfully so because the opportunity was good into into supercars um, yep. from basically uh, full-time from 99. I mean, I was in and out um, um, a few years before that as well doing stuff. But Is this the Hampton Downs type stuff? Or? Oh, no, no. This, no, was, this, was, well, this was early on. Yeah. But then, but then um, you know, I lived, when, when I moved back from Australia, you know, I was managed to – to spend some time doing other things here in New Zealand and got to do some GT racing and and um, and then that's just sort of evolved into various you know various parts of of um, um, you know getting my buzz and getting a thrill throughout the last few few years but effectively nothing professional I mean I went back to Bathurst last year which was a which was a one off one off sort of out of the yeah blue. with Richie Stanaway that's right. right yeah exactly which was amazing in the end as it turned out it was. Um, it was uh, incre- it actually turned out to be really rewarding, especially with the outcome that uh, we've uh, that Richie Stanaway has had as well. He won, you know, he, after you know being basically cast aside by the sport, you know, to come back and win Bathurst this year and and do the wild card last year was a was a was a really rewarding thing to be a part of. So I've really enjoyed that. But but effectively, my racing, you know, I've done some other things throughout the years and been very fortunate. But um. You know, I, I didn't really spread my wings as as far as what some others are doing these days, and I think that's also now part of of the one of the changes in the sport is the ability and the con- connectivity of, uh, that we have and the um, recognition supercars has with the rest of the world. We've got a lot of our you know good drivers like Shane Van Gisbergen, Chaz Mosdet, and Cam Waters, and and a lot of others that are exploring other avenues and doing other races around the world during the season as well. I don't I didn't really ever get to do that or didn't choose to do that when I was um, sort of full-time racing but I'm but I've but I've done some 
local stuff here over the last few years, which I really enjoyed. And I, I like helping um, people. And we've got a, a, a very strong motorsport community here in New Zealand. And um, there's some great people wanting to do great yeah, things. And, and you say that, and I'm, I'm sure, Levy, you're right. You know, and you've just, we've just talked about, you know, the likes of Richie Sanaway. We've talked really about Liam Lawson and the standout examples of younger guys. Yeah. Uh, Tauranga guy, and I think, you know, and Liam was a good Pukekoe yes. guy or something. And, and, so that's that's success at a level, but I, I wonder, you know, um, do do we need more, you know, in New Zealand races for drivers for the community um, to get behind? Um, whether it's, you know, we've got Bathurst across the dish, but is there? Do you feel like the scene here is good enough? There's enough happening. There's there's a lot happening. I mean, the support that. Um uh, financial support that is offered here in New Zealand for to support the best of the best overseas is actually quite phenomenal. I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know much about outside New Zealand, Australia, further afield, but I, I, and I think that's part of the reason we see the success we do is the willingness of of many people here who fly under you've, the radar. You've got the Gill Traps that's and right. Tony Quinn, is it? And Very much. Some of the, 15 and others. And there's a heap of others as yeah, well. Yeah, who, who sort of come together and get yep. themselves around these. Yeah, they do very much. And lots of scholarships and lots of funding um, because of their 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 love of the sport as well and, and the desire to see success of Kiwi drivers. Because there's just a, you know, there's a, you can't step around around it in any way, shape or form. It's an expensive sport, it's, and it's just got you know harder and harder and harder because of that. So the money required to do it. I mean, you know, the the, the money that Liam's had put into him over the years to get him to where he is. I mean, everyone that's contributed will be more than happy to have put that money in because they're seeing they're getting that that reward to seeing him achieve what he's achieving. And and we are we're very lucky in this country that we do have that. If you are if you stand out in the crowd, um, there is going there's likely to be very good support for you to be able to actually fulfill um you know your capabilities which is which is great and i've heard what you said you know and i think maybe that's just not that you're an exactly an old codger but you know it's a timing thing right even if you go back sure. 30, 25 30 years you're going to be less international than you are today when we're just in such a global yep. uh, a, a village covid not notwithstanding um but but i suppose my question is you know in, What's the state of motorsport in New Zealand yep. now compared to the '90s, early 2000s? Well, it was it was it was still really good back then. When we've had strong periods all the way through, um, the sport has changed on what you know what the categories are, and 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 we've come and gone. We you know we we sort of meander in and out of of um, certain categories being popular. We've we've sort of meandered in and out of having a, a, a key formula as well that um, that. Uh, the sport focuses on. Um, we sort of don't have that necessarily at the moment. We've got some great things that are going on, like in the the Toyota Racing Series, which has been around now for quite a long time. That a lot of our drivers, Liam Lawson, um, uh, uh, Nick Cassidy, Mitch Evans, all these amazing drivers have come through the Toyota Racing Series. Toyota put a huge amount of money into that, so it's a it's a category that that can springboard talent and is also provided. Um, um, a, a really amazing comparison uh, over the summer series for other drivers, New Zealand drivers, to compare themselves against international drivers and, and create opportunities to stand out amongst a crowd and, and then springboard themselves further afield into uh, Europe or into uh, into America as well. So we, we've got some fantastic stuff here that is that is making a big difference. Um, but we're still at the end of the day, in many respects, we're an amateur sport 
uh, in New Zealand. Um, there's there's people that are earning money from motorsport here, and there's there's environments and teams that look after cars and look after drivers and things. But but no one's getting paid in the driving sense in New Zealand to race because we're not big enough for that. But we've got a, a huge array of competitors and and also, you know, individuals that have worked very hard and, and, and built the opportunity to actually go racing and and do things here as well, which which, you know, supplements um the the sport in many ways and creates an opportunity for for teams to exist and look after race cars and run race cars. So it's it's yeah, we don't have a professional um, uh, series as such like Australia but then again Australia really is is only is focused around supercars and not a huge amount else either considering they're 25 million and we're five and a bit million so we're doing pretty well and I, I find it difficult to see how we can expand from where we are at the right. moment um, in many ways we've got some good tracks we've got some great tra- we've got more yeah. tracks probably per capita than than most bloody countries have yeah. got which is right. amazing um, but we and you know we've we've got a a solid, solid motorsport background here. Mm. Um, it's solid, but you know, there's always room for improvement. There's always things we can do better as well, just like anything. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of New Zealanders think about it that much, really, but it's a, it's pretty amazing pedigree. You know, there's a huge, a yeah, big yeah. story here, as you say, an outsized yeah. um, story. You've been a real uh, sort of passionate advocate around um, Kiwi driving, yep. safety, roading issues. Um, yep. You know, mm. I know you've, you've got your auto car column, and it's well read and. Some of these things. I mean, um, driver education, safety, particularly around young. What are we getting wrong as a country? We're not doing any. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> we we are f- just we're a failure in yeah. that space, and and the results speak for themselves. I mean, I'm you know, someone I can honestly tell you, if we actually cared about saving lives, we'd do something. We don't actually care because we're not doing anything, and we, you know, spending money on TV ads and and telling people to drive safely is not going to save anyone from yeah, making from making mistakes out there on the road. You get, you know, you you often don't get a second chance, and and so if you are ill prepared to understand what it takes to be safe and aware and be prepared when you are driving a car. If you don't have that understanding and you don't know all the things you need to know about the technology in the car that, that is going to potentially help you, and I'm talking about the braking systems and that kind of thing, if you don't have uh, a, a good understanding of what you need to be looking for, if you're not fully focused on driving and, and you know, you're distracted by your bloody mobile phone or something else that's going on, if you're not fully attentive at the job at hand, then you're at risk. And, what, and we and we are not doing any of those things to prepare anyone for driving on the So roads. what are we talking about? Compulsory defensive driving courses? Well, defensive driving courses is... Or, is, is, is um, I don't even know what that yeah, means because yeah. we don't do it, as you say. But what, what are you... What well, are it's, you not, it's not... A, it's a theory. The defensive driving course is theory. Right. It's not practical. We need right. proper practical driver training. And, 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 and we're not talking advanced. I'm not talking advanced. This is the thing that I'm constantly banging my head against the wall with Waka Katahi is, and I'm not talking about advanced driver training. I'm talking about basic, absolute dead set, the bottom of the line, Which would basic look like driver what, training. What would you... you go to a controlled environment, you teach people how to stop in an emergency, what they're looking for, you create awareness around giving a cognitive learning. You've got to be, co- you've got to cognitive learn um, 
drive a, you know, driving. It's a practical task. You need to do practical things to learn what a practical uh, task is, right? So you've got to, you've got to, driving is practical. You've got to drive to learn, right? That's, that's not in question. We don't do any of that. You don't have to. You know, when we go and do a driving, a, um, a session with a driving instructor, they teach you how to indicate the road rules, where you should position the car. That's all good stuff, That's but that's basics. They don't teach you how to emergency stop. They don't um, teach you about all the things that you that you need to have as a tool when it goes wrong or when something happens that is not the ordinary. And unfortunately, not the ordinary or the... And, and things go wrong every single day on our yeah, roads. Totally. And people don't, don't, you know, I think there's a misconceived sort of idea that the only people that are crashing or dying on our roads are people that are, that are actually premeditatedly doing something wrong. It's not the boy racers that are doing burnouts on the roads and all that kind of stuff that are being killed regularly. It's people that are just making genuine mistakes or getting uh, finding themselves in situations that are unfamiliar and they don't know what to do to rectify it. So consequently, we are some of the worst drivers, terrible yep. drivers in the world. Well, the stats, the stats are, are absolutely dead set clear on that, 100%. And I suppose, um, I, I think I've heard you on this as well, actually, but... You know, if I was to push back, I'd say, oh, yeah, but cars are getting, the technology is getting fancier and fancier. In fact, you know, it does well, a, that's, most of it. That's exactly, that's exactly the political, that's the response from, right. from those that are in charge. We, and, and what do you say to that? I mean, I think, well, I won't answer it for you. but Well, uh, what I'm saying is, is that um, you cannot rely on the vehicle no matter how good the technology is, we don't have the roading systems for all this rubbish autonomous crap that is just, it's a joke. I mean, it's that's just a way for, for those in charge to actually circumnavigate the actual issues and the problems. While you've got a driver behind the wheel, they've got to have a certain amount of understanding, yeah. certain amount of awareness, certain amount of skill. There's no and substitute for that training. There's no substitute. The so you've got to go and it, do some of the stuff. Technology. Yeah, that's right. So you, the technology is being put into cars and being put in by manufacturers because, because um, governments are demanding it to happen because they don't want to spend money on making the drivers better. So we're going to use cars and we're going to put wire barriers up everywhere to save people or try and change the outcome when people stuff up and make mistakes, right? Mm. So when they make mistakes, we want to try and actually change that, what potentially might happen. So if that barrier wasn't there, well, maybe they'll have a head on, okay? And if that car didn't have ESC, well, maybe that person might lose control. But you've got to, if we actually made the operator better, they wouldn't get in those situations in the first place. And so it's 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 not even... It's not even remotely a question for me. It's just we are doing it wrong, and the numbers and the statistics support that. I mean, we're heading towards another terrible year on our roads, and yet we've spent billions and billions and billions and billions. And a lot of that's gone to the pockets of people who are advising Waka Katahi and the government on what they should and shouldn't do. I mean, consultants are just reaping the rewards of of this current system of road safety, which yes. is just just send in invoices for and get when we're getting no we're getting no reward from it no, none ex zero exactly and, it's and crazy the, and the other safety aspect is the roads have we kept up the investment no. have been investing wrong what are the issues there do you think what yeah the fo a big focus has now become around you know um, which again um, has failed dismally in the last little while um, the, you know none of the KPIs around any of the safety systems or anything have been put in put in you know have have actually 
reached the numbers that were touted. Um, but you know, we're focused on very much uh, the wrong things around, um, you know, what we think or what they think is going to make a difference in the in the road safety. We've got to improve many parts of our roads. Absolutely, it goes hand in hand. Building better roading systems goes hand in hand with driver training, right, as well as enforcement around law um, and what the police can and can't do. I think that needs to change dramatically. They need to have a lot more power when it comes to enforcing um, things that are being done on the roads that shouldn't be and, and holding more people to a to account for you know for certainly the premeditated stuff when people are doing things that they shouldn't be on our roads there's a whole list of things that are really being let down on big time but relying pri- primarily relying on the current system to actually um, you know achieve results don't expect results the only thing you're going to get is terrible statistics. Well, I said you're passionate about that and you haven't disappointed. I want to ask you a few quick fires. Your favourite Kiwi track? Uh, well, I, th- I think I had to say it was it was Pukekohe, but yep. it's not there anymore. So um, I would say uh, Hampton Downs now. Yeah, good as gold. Um, my favourite um, track globally? Same answer's fine, but is there something else? No, you well, you know, uh, the favourite favorite one I've driven on, it, it's, it is Bathurst. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. and, and favourite car to race? Oh, that's tricky. Um, I mean, people would think that I should say a supercar, and 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 it was probably a car that um, I, I spent more time in a supercar than 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 anything else. Um, so anyway, so if I'm going to make it really uh, not personal, I'll just say any car that I can win in. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 what about to own and drive more generally? I think I'm right to say you've, you've uh, or you've had, had was it on trade you know, the, the 1969 Dodge Charger? What you, is, is that it, or is there something else you'd say? Oh, look, that's that's what I'd like to have. Well, I have I have got my problem, my dream car, yeah, and it is um, a 1969 Dodge Charger. So <laughs> what's so good about that? Well, um, because the Dukes of Hazzard was cool. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Bo, Bo and Luke Duke drove a 69 Dodge Charger, and that's why that's where I fell in love with the 69 Dodge Charger. And we're um, all trying to get back there, aren't we? To those sort of youthful oh, days man. and. How good were they? Yeah, you know. So I have one of those in the garage, and it's uh, it's reasonably reasonably um, modified one, and, and it would have gone up in value. Well, it's a modified car, so it's I mean it's it's heavily um, they call a resto mod. So it was uh, it was built in the in the US, so it's not exactly original in any way, shape, or form. Oh no, sorry, I shouldn't say that. The body is very original, actually. So it still very much looks like a '69 Charger, just that it's um, a little bit more modern in other areas. Fantastic. Mm. Um, you've got a helicopter license. Haven't you put yourself through enough danger? Or oh, do I your get... wife? Does you, do you not love your wife? Uh, I don't know if she cares about me. Actually, it's probably <laughs> more to the thing. Um, I I uh, grew up. My dad actually managed a helicopter company when I was very little, and so I spent a bit of time at Bridge Park Aerodrome. And um, you know, flying around in the seat of uh, with various pilots over the years, so I had a fascination with choppers from an early age, and so finally I got my license in two thousand and five. Um, I actually am, I did my uh, biannual flight review only a couple of weeks ago, so passed that thankfully. So I'm still current as such. Um, and do you fly much? Not then? as much as I'd like to. No, yeah. No. And it's one of those things you do to be really current. You need to do a quite a lot of it. But yeah. um, I do. I, I love. I just love it. It's actually. I actually prefer it because, you know, talking about um, the thing that you do the most, um, which was car racing. So uh, I actually enjoy flying helicopters more than I do novelty value. Cars. I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. Great way. Yeah. Of no. It's it. an amazing yeah. way to see a place. Um, it is, especially New Zealand. Flying in New Zealand is. I mean, I don't know if there's a, a better better place. And it's probably a difficult question to sum up sort of succinctly, but what's the future hold for uh, for you? 
Uh, probably more of what I do now. I'm, I'm really lucky to I get involved with a, a, a whole bunch of um, amazing people doing amazing things and work with a whole bunch of brands and, and still have an access to motor racing. And, I, you know, I enjoy my role as a trustee with the Tony Quinn Foundation. We get to give away a whole lot of money to a whole lot of uh, rate, young budding race car drivers, um, which is which is awesome. Um, so that's an enjoyable part of what I do. And as I say, the brands that I work with are fantastic people. I get to choose who I want to be involved with and and um, the road safety stuff will be something that'll that I'll keep punishing away on. So this uh, our new government um, is going to continue to hear from me, and if they get their act together, um, we'll be uh, I'll be I'll be punishing them like I punished the last one. Um, so there's there's lots of things, mate, and my my day and week weeks are often very different. So I feel very fortunate to be able to to have um, a world where yeah I'm not um, having to do the same thing every day. Hey, well, we will finish with these questions I ask every we'll see guest. There we go. Called general knowledge. If you could be somebody else for a day, who would you be? Kelly Slater. <laughs> You're not the. I think we've had that from about really about four men. Oh, it's obviously just this sort of male. Dave Grohl. I'll be Dave Grohl. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Because I'd love to be able to sing and play guitar. Sort of a cross between Dave Grohl and Kelly Slater. That's that how good. Quite... You know, a surfing surfing rock star. Yes. Yeah. No, I get it. It's very good. Um. If um if money was no object, what are the first three things you'd buy? You know what? If I if money was no object, I'd be buying um, as much New Zealand land as I possibly could to stop other people, other uh, um, foreign investors, from buying it. That's what I'd be doing. I'd be buying up every single bit of New Zealand. I thought you were about to say for a New Zealand lamb. No land. Oh, so that's, that's a lot of lamb to eat. I'd I'd be bloody buying all the land and making it public so bloody foreign investors couldn't Good get their hands you. on it. Good on you, and I'd hike across it at summer. Yep, I'd let you do it. Fantastic. Might ch- I might go more like the US though, and charge you to do it. So you know, and we let we let everybody do everything here for free. And it's, um, yeah, yeah. Um, which famous actor would play you in the movie of your life? Oh, it's, it's obvious, isn't that obvious? <laughs> it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I mean, just look at me. <laughs> oh, you're not. I mean, you're you're. At, well, yeah, no, no, just don't, don't, just don't. You're better off yeah, not getting no, digging your hole. Not, that's Don't not. I hole. mean, that's entirely ridiculous. <laughs> has, um, you've been watching that Wrexham show. There's <laughs> not one on the list, though. Have you watched his Welcome to Wrexham? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, no, no, I haven't seen it, but it's on my list. It's, yeah. it's very good. Yeah, I think good. my daughter's got Disney. Yeah, my children yeah. and I like watching it together. Yeah, it's yeah. a great sport, sort yeah. of, um, yeah. and, and about sports and brands and what they've done. Well, I think he's involved. I think he's bought it. Didn't he buy into um, Alpine Formula One Correct. as well? Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's along right. With Rory McElroy and all these other yeah, superstars. Exactly right. Although they've. They've definitely monetized it, and they've 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 they've, they've made it. a sort of what should have been a five or seven series a, a, a show thing sure. into like about twenty series. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, it's very good. I rec- comes with my recommendation. Um, what's the strangest tradition in your family? Yeah, we don't have any. We're very untraditional, actually. Well, no, that's but, our biggest. But the tradition. thing is, the genuinely strange traditions you've probably got, you don't realize they're strange. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I just think we're normal. Yeah. Um, no one's normal. The most normal ones True. are the least normal. Oh. They're the real whack jobs, Greg, <laughs> I'm telling you now. Um, if you could choose to stop ageing at any age, which would you choose? 40. 40. You know, you're old enough to know, have l- n- learnt a lot, hopefully, right? You've, you've made a lot of mistakes, so you know, and, and, but you're young enough still to be able to do, like, pretty much anything at all. 
I, and I and I you know I don't. I think I've I'm d- not yeah. letting out of state. So you're 51. Is that what you told me? Yeah. You're 11 years yeah. shy of your um. Yeah, I, 40 was a good year. Yeah. Um. I'm 40 so 11 years ago, and the world was in a better place 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not in a great place right now, but um, that's not a great place to stop this podcast either. <laughs> but um, Greg Murphy, it's been great to have you on. Thanks for all you've done. Thanks for your passion around some of those big issues around roading and safety and other things besides. And um, yeah, once again, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Simon. You've been listening to Generally Famous the Stuff Podcast. There's a new episode every Wednesday. You can listen to them all at stuff.co.nz slash generallyfamous or wherever you get your podcasts. In fact, If you follow us on Spotify or Apple, any of the podcast apps, you'll get the latest episode automatically. Sounds good, right? Thanks to my producers, Chris Reed and Jen Black, and audio editor John Ropiha. I'm Simon Bridges. I really appreciate you listening. If you like this podcast, please support our work. Visit stuff.co.nz slash support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.